everybody. Welcome to Reporting is Eligible. Happy Milverine Day. I am Paul Noonan of <laughs> Acme Packing Company and Shepherd Express. Uh, if you don't know what that means, um, I don't know, go, be, be in Milwaukee. You're not from Milwaukee. Yeah, you're not from <laughs> Milwaukee. <laughs> ah, one of Milwaukee's great characters. Uh, so we just, uh, I guess we lost to the Patriots technically, but the game didn't actually end. So um, I don't know. Just call it a nothing burger. Um, no contest. No contest. Uh, most importantly, Isaiah Bolden, who was hurt and was the cause of the game ending, is okay. Out of the hospital, uh, he seems to be fine. So hooray for that and everything. Uh, and uh, we have the Seahawks coming up next week. So to help uh, wrap this up and go over preseason and crap like that, um, uh, first of all, in Urban Wauwatosa, as usual, we have. Hey, it's J. Yes, it's J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. It, uh, a nothing burger preseason game, just like a regular preseason game that ends in regulation. They're all the same, guys. <laughs> good, good point. Good point. It is as meaningful as any other preseason game. Uh, indeed. And uh, if you don't know who Milverine is, you can also look at J.R.'s post that he wrote in the JS Online right. today. Um, yes. Yeah. So that. And uh, Matt already talked, so we may as well introduce <laughs> you. What's happening, everybody? My name is Matt. You can call me Mattel back me packing company. Weaver, and general Twitter <laughs> rabble rouser. Um, so when I read the Milverine headline earlier today, I thought it said that he was going to throw out the first punch at the Brewers game, <laughs> <laughs> which is it's fitting because the photo with the story He's holding his him kind of with his yeah. dukes up. Yeah. So like that, that 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 totally that totally made sense. But no, just throwing out the first pitch at the Brewers game, local celebrity, the Milverine on uh, Superhero Day. So it is it is a fitting tangent uh, tying in the Brewers, the, the city of Milwaukee. Love it, actually. Uh, but so, yeah, first punch. That made sense to me. We have a we have a, a shirtless character in Colorado Springs. Um, everybody refers to him as Naked Cowboy, even though that's the the New York guy. The th- the, that's the, the dude. York yeah, New York. Yeah. But so it's it's a dude who um, is shirtless in like wranglers he carries a like a two foot by three foot american flag in his back pocket like on a stick uh walking his dog cowboy hat um just cut has like 12 abs um and literally just like stands on street corners flexing like when someone's driving by like (laughs) if if you sneak up on him he's like walking normal and then when he notices that someone's around he's like JR, are there any of the And local... then he ran for mayor, by the way. Yeah, people do that. <laughs> he ran for mayor. <laughs> it was hard to run for mayor because he had to be flexing all the time when he was in the public eye. He wore, he wore a shirt the whole time. People were like, who is this? And then someone's like, naked cowboy. Like, oh, why would I vote for naked? <laughs> <laughs> His yeah. platform is flexing. And... What were you going to ask, I was, gonna, I was going to ask, um, have you run into all of the local celebrities? I think I have. Oh, oh no. Oh, okay. I, I sure don't think so. Well, so I guess it depends on what you characterize. A lot of the, I think, great Milwaukee local celebrities are, well, are not, not with Bacon. us. Well, not Dick Bacon. Yeah, Dick Bacon, <laughs> or the cannoli guy, RIP to both of those gentlemen. Um, you know, I've certainly been in the presence of David Gruber, who yeah. is, I think, the number one Milwaukee celebrity. Uh-huh. I I have never been in the presence of the Milverine. I, oh, wow. I have, okay. I've, I've run been into in the presence him twice. of Freeway, yep. but yeah, I, I've never never run into him. I've never seen him in the wild. He is certainly certainly a a guy who shows up on social media quite a bit. He's pretty pretty friendly with the Insta at the, these days, but uh, with the gram, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I've never I've never seen him in person. That's okay. what, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I think I, I, all of the ones that are living I've run into, and Pepperoni Canola guy. Um, so I, I really like, I got a good bingo card going on here. This is good. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I, I know none of these people. <laughs> no, we are, 
<laughs> this is pure Milwaukee jargon right here. Yes, yes, it is. By the way, Matub, do you use the phrase parking ramp when you in, in Colorado? When someone says parking ramp, what are you picturing in your head? Um, Like a parking garage? Yeah, okay. So I thought that was a universal term, and apparently that's very regional. Apparently that's yeah. the thing only we do up here in the Midwest. Oh. That, that, that is not a, even a thing they say in Michigan. So What do other people call it? Just a parking like, garage? A parking garage. Oh, yeah. parking right. garage. Fair enough. Or a structure. Parking structure. Like... Yeah, we wrote about that today, JS. So, so in like in the in the springs, there's a big P, and then the word garage around it in a circle, like, and that's where you yeah, go. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, we have that too. We have the big circle P. That's not that novel. We just call that the parking ramp, <laughs> and the garage. I, like, yeah. I, it, it, look, it makes sense. It makes sense because right. because the whole thing is a ramp. Yes. Like, I get it. One thousand percent. Yeah, I, there's not going to be any confusion about the term sure. if you tell people what it is. So it's not like unlike, bubbler. Which yeah, I literally was about to say unlike unlike bubbler. I don't even know where that comes from. It's it's a brand name. It's, it's like St. Kleenex. Wasn't it actually a slightly different than the modern water fountain? I thought it like I shot don't, up I don't believe middle. so, but I believe yeah. they were made in Wisconsin. Yes, they were, and there's actually two. I think upstate New York actually does this too. Although, if anybody is from upstate New York, feel free to correct me. But there's one other random region. Connecticut is it yeah, Connecticut? Okay. You're absolutely right. It's it's the right neck of the woods. Yep. Yeah, um, they for some reason use bubbler as well. So um it's it's weird somebody should do a podcast about it but not not here uh, no, so not it's here. it yeah it's it's using the brand name as the item like yeah, kleenex like or band-aid yeah what are we doing this podcast about this is about foot- the seahawks this is about preseason football um yeah <laughs> oh right oh. so we we are we are playing out a scenario of you're watching preseason football <laughs> and this is the discussion <laughs> yeah it's a good time to have on the you know be doing other things it's like watching csi miami or something it's not on for your full attention it's right. on as, you know something to something Look, to have if, on while you're making dinner no if you're watching csi miami it is the opening pun the sunglasses the yeah and then like that's it. It's just cycle on. to the next episode. Same you don't episode. need anything else. Out of <laughs> yeah. <it. laughs> ah, all right. We could talk about the game a little bit, I suppose. Um, I mean, Love looked pretty good. He looked pretty like, good. I'm not gonna say great. I'm not yeah. gonna say awesome, but like, I would have. It's fine. I feel like he is a little bit overrated in that game. Um, that first of all, Dobbs bailed him out with that catch that maybe wasn't even a catch in the first place. That should have <laughs> been should have been a touchdown. Like wing that out there. I hear they've been running that in practice, and it's gone a lot better than that. But like, st- I want to see it. I want to see throws to Luke Musgrave that hit him in the hands, not our five feet over his head that is already five feet higher than everybody else's head is. Um, that would be nice. Um, but it, he, like he was good. He moved the ball down the field. But, you know, it, it was an okay game, but not a great game. I feel like we're there's too much like Jordan's going to be awesome after that game that's kind of undeserved. That's all. It, he was fine. Could have been worse. It seems to me the big issue with him coming out of that game. Well, I mean, really all camp. He can't he can't throw a deep ball, right? Like he has he doesn't seem to have that skill set developed. So Tuesday is actually a day of practice where he, you know, rep- hits a couple of them or at least all the tweets indicate yes, so that, we hear. Uh, that he hit a couple of them and and that that is extremely good news to the Packers fans ears because that's the missing piece, right? You you could probably trust him to run a low, you know, low ceiling offense at this point pretty pretty competently but you, you want to be able to hit those one or two shots and if you've got the speed guys to do it you you, you know you really want to be able to hit those shots well a speed guy to do it in you know christian watson yeah but uh yeah i, I mean you hear that news of practice like oh maybe maybe we're turning the corner here maybe jordan love is learning the deep ball that seems like the the last big thing you want to see before things get going here that would be good that would be good uh they also have not run watson deep very much it's been to other yeah. guys so 
that that'll also help because he's much better at it than pretty much everyone else is so yeah um also love is anatomically created to throw the deep ball no so it kidding. bothers me so his his so weird isn't it well his specifically his forearm length um <laughs> It, what? I thought you were just going to talk about what he did at college. But no, it's forearm like. It's no, that's the thing. Like, so it's 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 like. I believe you. Yes. It's like running. It's a lever arm thing, right? And if your forearms are are too long in relation to the rest of your arm, it gives you a lot of torque, but it gives you a slower release. So he can't do the quick hitters that Rogers could, but theoretically, he should be able to just torque one seventy yards, which he can do once in a while. Just doesn't always show up. So, yep. Um, the other thing that I think has been overrated about this game, and I, this is me being online too much, actually, um, <laughs> it, it, it is the quality of the receiver play. Because, uh, and this is to Love's credit, like uh, the the Reed touchdown, like he wasn't that open. It was a great throw, uh, led him perfectly. But like if it's behind him at all, it's broken up. Uh, a lot of the Dobbs catches, he was that were contested catches. There were some Musgrave plays where he got wide open, and good for him on that. Um, Wait, the, the read play, like when the crosser, when he yeah. when he beat the, that, he was open. He was he was open. He was he was NFL he open. Step. He was NFL open. He was NFL open. Like he was, <laughs> but he wasn't like he wasn't that open. Like, no, you had to I put mean, that ball right where he put it. Sure, but but yeah, that's the thing is that's that's a throw I would expect thirty two out of thirty two guys to make. Uh, yes, not, I would say not. That was a, I would say it was a great throw because he hit him exactly in stride and allowed him to get into the end zone. I think a lot of quarterbacks. Sure. Don't hit him that well. Um, I, I should rephrase. That's a completion for thirty-two that's, starters. That's fine. I think that's fair. Yes, um, but it was it was a good lead. So there's that. But I would like to see some more separation from every uh, every single receiver on the team. Um, it's uh, they've been a little too covered for my taste. And part of that scheme is not going to be the full scheme in the preseason because you don't want to give stuff away. But like win a one-on-one battle every once in a while, that would be nice. <laughs> All right, calm down, Mike McCarthy. I love this uh, paranoid little theory you have referring to Watson not going deep that they are running him on all these conservative or, or not necessarily conservative, but they're just like running jet motion and cross formation. And that 100% because it's not on film, the first play of the season against the Bears, they are there. It's going to be throw the exact same. Bomb <laughs> it is absolutely going to be that. Last year. Yes. That is going to be their first offensive uh, play. Great. It's going to be a 75 yard bomb to Watson. It's going to happen. He better catch the damn thing. But. So um, <laughs> I, I, I ran this theory in, uh, in my first play in Madden, yeah, in my franchise, um, I ran, I ran a, a play action uh, deep corner off of uh, um, uh, twelve personnel. Okay, very packed uh, play. And the safety bit on the play action, and Watson absolutely smoked whatever Bears corner was on him. Like it, it was he was embarrassingly open. And so, if that <laughs> happened in real life, I would be <laughs> be quite happy. I mean, they're going to do it. It's a foregone conclusion. We have to, every week when the regular season is going on, make uh, specific predictions at Acme Packing Company. That will be mine That's when it one. comes up, yeah. and it's going to be right. So just prepare for that in advance. What a, what a, It would be an amazing redemption story if he catches it after last year. Yes. I mean, it would be that would just be perfect. Oh, my God. A gift from the content gods if that pull, got pulled off. I love that. <laughs> the narrative is fantastic. No. <laughs> oh. Gives me chills. Love a good narrative. Top ten times irony existed. <laughs> uh, but if only he could throw a pass to Luke Musgrave. It feels like that may never happen. Yeah, Luke Musgrave has been cheated out of a lot of yards this preseason, and I think to most people's credit, like he still kind of gets credit for 
being open and bringing down the bad throws that he brings down. But he should have like a couple touchdowns and a couple like big gainers that uh, they've just been behind him or high, and it's unfortunate. But I, I want to see him run. Like I want to see that guy catch the ball and just torch people upfield, and it just hasn't happened yet. So um, let's work on it. It's a weird – the Musgrave thing is weird because I feel like the throws are high – because Musgrave is high. Like, I, I, like that's got to be it, right? Like, it's got to be a, a mental thing where, like, okay, all my receivers are kind of the same size. I throw it between the numbers. And then there's this guy who's, like, just freaking huge. And so I have to adjust. I don't have this muscle memory. And I throw it up to get it there. But it's not quite right. Like, that seems to be what's Hold happening. Hold on. So I'm Googling if marijuana is legal in Oregon right now. Let me see here. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It, so, so, um... There's a phenomenon in um, auto racing called target fixation that, that you're kind of describing where let's say you're running a track day and there's a car that breaks down on the side and you're coming around a corner and you're just looking at it and going, don't hit that car. Don't hit that car. Don't you're going to hit it like guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's like, you know, don't, don't throw it too low. Don't throw it too low. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I feel like that exists outside of auto racing too, as just a, <laughs> as a like typical the, psychological thing. But, I like the example yeah. though. I don't have a better I do, one off the top I do too. of my head. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. Like, I, I can I can give you a hundred video examples without looking for it. Like, if you just search target fixation, you'll see like motorcycles hitting pedestrians and cars hitting other. Like, it's it's a very common thing. There's a. In, uh, if I may be the oldest person in the world momentarily, um, <laughs> the, the, for all you young people, there used to be a comedy show called The Kids in the Hall. And they, had, yeah. a, they had a sketch uh, where uh, Kevin McDonald got into his head just over and over again the phrase, don't throw salt in your eye. <laughs> after, 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 thir- after 30 seconds of thinking it, he kept doing it every single time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Sketch comedy used to be where it was at, yes, friends. Yes, it did. That was very and, funny. And also, stuff. like, like... Kids in the Hall and Upright Citizens Brigade, I think, are two that go unremembered or unheralded. Yeah. It's they, not fair. Yeah, I mean, they were on cable when not a lot of people had cable. UCB especially. Like, they had, like, a season of cable with, uh, uh, you know, famous people now who are names are escaping me. But uh. <laughs> Well, there, so there's, famous there, is, then. there is one sketch from Upright Citizens Brigade that our listeners might actually know. I don't remember if you guys remember the, uh, the pennies bit. Nope. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know how PG we're going to be on the, but anyway, he talks about putting pennies in your butt and then spending them. So, and then doing the math on like how, how long it would take for you to be with someone who had touched your butt pennies. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Nope. Never seen that before. Let's segue. The Patriots have a receiver named point. Anyway, let's move on. Yes. The Patriots have a receiver named booty. So that's that's where we're segueing. Tough tough moment for Carrie. Never mind. We'll talk about that later. Um, Aaron, you uh, you mentioned that Aaron Jones looks awesome. Running backs in general, man. Like, yeah, they're, they're all good. You're right about that. I, I would say Dylan still looks the worst, but even he looked pretty darn good. He looked he looked confident. He like, did, especially so on the touchdown to Reed. Dylan threw a hell of a that block. That block was great. It was like a wrestling move. Everybody should well, go and watch he it. Saw, so Watson Watson released a little bit early, or the guy beat Watson. I don't really know how exactly it went but dylan completely ignored the play action it was just like all right i'm gonna throw this block <laughs> <laughs> it was like a two, so, 
a two-step block, which is why it looked like a kind of a wrestling move where it was Dylan contacts Guy, and then Guy just kind of moves not of his own accord. It, it was uh, just very well done. Love that play. But yeah, they're Emmanuel all good. Wilson. Emmanuel Wilson looks good. He's like, gonna, is he going to make this team? I, uh, it's, it uh, depends on health for other guys. It, it like, depends totally, on but. that a lot. And also, <laughs> uh, uh, we, we, we've heard whispers that they might want to see if he can handle a heavier workload because mm. the in-shape thing with him may be a little yeah. bit of uh, an issue. Appar- apparently, when he was the featured back for one series, he was completely gassed. Yeah. Um, JR, you'll, you'll right. appreciate the reference I, I made in the Slack chat. Um, I, I oh, referred we'll to him... We'll I referred see. to him as a quad A player. Oh, so a baseball reference. Okay, okay. baseball reference. The yes. thing is, we yes. don't know that he's not. Usually quad A players have a history of coming up to the majors and failing and then going back down and succeeding. And we have, he might be good. Running backs are often good at the NFL. I mean, he, yeah, he, he might be good. But when you have someone who is um, just absolutely dunking on fourth quarter preseason. Yeah, fine. And, but can't, can't hang for a whole half. I feel like the evidence is in your favor. To I just feel like uh, I don't, I'm not sure they're going to keep him um, because it's easy. Just like running backs are a dime a dozen. You can practice squad stash him. You can keep Patrick Taylor around if you trust him a little more. But I feel like he has really good vision. He almost always makes the right cut. Um, he seems to see where he's going very well. He finishes with power. And the one pass he caught was a thing of beauty, too. Like just hand seam nails with that guy. So I would like to yeah. see more of him. And, you know, even if he doesn't make the team, Running backs get hurt so much that there's a very good chance he'll wind. Think about what happened. Was it last year when we had no running backs at one point or two years? Whatever. It happens fairly regularly. And and Patrick Taylor yo-yoed constantly between the active Uh roster and the practice squad. Yes. Which A, says that the Packers really like him because they had many opportunities to just go in a different direction. But B, also that, you know, running backs aren't necessarily, like, in high demand anywhere. Right. Because otherwise somebody would have picked him up. So it's it's just a... Yeah. It's not like Emmanuel Wilson's going to be, like, the first guy that some other team snipes, snipes away from the Packers. If he goes to the practice squad, like that's not going to happen because there's a whole bunch of Emmanuel Wilsons out there that teams already have. So if it's a safe play if you need to stash him to stash him versus a lot of other people that... But, and, and also, like, if you uh, are athletically scouting him, but he, he ran like a 4.66 or something at the combine. Like, it's, it's not a great Raz, but you know. Yeah, people, people are going to see that and be like, eh. but I, then of I course. Like like, that's why, he, I mean, he's available because his Raz is bad, but he has vision and power. So, you know, it happens. Well, the, the thing that everybody wanted to talk about was in the Bengals game when he, um, on his 80 yard touchdown, he was the fastest recorded ball carrier in the last like four years or something. He hit 22 miles an hour. Yeah. And and people were like, oh, 40 times don't matter. And it's like, okay, well, he ran for 80 yards and he had a really <laughs> he had a really bad 10 yard split. He did. Which means that he is still accelerating at 40 yards. Like <laughs> and in fact, he almost got caught by a safety who was like a four seven guy. Yeah. So like don't believe preseason uh next gen numbers either. Just don't. It's, oh, I believe that they're accurate. I, I don't, don't think that they it's, mean anything. It's preseason for them too. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the offensive line. A uh, lot going on, starting on the very first <laughs> series when Josh Myers went ahead and snapped the ball into the backfield. Um, he's going to be the starting center, I still think. They keep of... talking him up. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we trust Josh. And but he did, in He's going to be today, the third best center on that line. The third is. best center. Yes. He and he's going to be the starting center. He snapped one into Musgrave at practice today, too. Um, so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what are they <laughs> yeah, doing? Yeah, but here? the comments were trying to blame Love, which was my favorite part. Yep. 
But like, like he he shouldn't have called for the snap, and it's like I'm pretty I don't, sure he did. Don't think he called for the snap with Musgrave in his line of vision to the ball. <laughs> pretty sure the guy who couldn't see him did it. Um, I don't know what they're doing there. Uh, this is maybe just a draft pick thing. This is a vulnerability for them because uh, Myers was a controversial selection, and he hasn't been terrible for a couple of years. He's been hurt and okay, uh, but. He just is not as good as so many other people on the roster are. There's no reason yeah. to do this, you know? Like, yeah. Well, so he was second-round pick, and he can't do anything else. Yep. So Yeah, he's not versatile either. That hurts him, too. Yeah. He can only play center. Everybody else can play multiple positions. It's- you did see who they got rid of, who got rid of is too strong, but they had an injury settlement with on Tuesday, right? That would be Jake Hansen. For a well, yeah, that's going to be strong air quotes on the injury settlement there. Yeah, yes. People always it's... have injury settlements because of their shin. It's like, did the shin shatter? Is that what happened there? Well, so there's there's the it's old joke of like, DL situation. well, there's the old joke of like, okay, we, we need to take a bottom of the roster guy and drop a dumbbell on his foot. <laughs> okay, you're going on IR, buddy. <laughs> but, like, uh, but they should oh, let ahead. you pick um, so that you can indicate to other teams that you're not actually that hurt. And that's, I feel like that's what the shin is, you know? You don't want it to be too wimpy, but you want it to be like, oh, that guy's fine. He can come play for us now. <laughs> it's totally like a Phantom IL in baseball. Yep. Uh, you suddenly have shoulder pain. What are we, what are we supposed to do about that? Because you just gave up, you know, six runs in your last three, out, you know, three outings. I miss flu-like um, symptoms. <laughs> the best analogy yeah. ever. Uh, Rashid Walker, one of the breakouts of this game, and uh, I'd say he's the offensive standout. JJ Enigbari on defense. It, it feels like he's worked his way into probably some pretty, you know, pretty key play, you know, playing time, yeah. or at least absolutely next guy up at left tackle, which is interesting. Yeah. I feel like they've they've got a lot of guys. They've got a lot of depth. They just, you know, it's just Josh Myers is still going to be the center, which is kind of kind of breaking my brain a little bit. Yeah, you might say he's the center of the discussion. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh, funny. I do also. I, I still they, think Zach Tom. We, Zach Tom's the center. I, I think care. that will eventually happen. We'll have a question kind of on this subject later. But if they do, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they look to trade Yash at some point. Um, I know people want, kind of think that about Bakhtiari, but I think Nyman's actually fairly likely to go at some point. So I would I would wager on that a little bit. Then they have so much tackle depth; they can actually afford that. And if this is a season to just generate picks and clear cap space for the future. Go ahead and do that. Uh, Sean Clifford almost put a couple of receivers in the hospital. <laughs> he is bad. People need to stop talking like he's good. He sucks. I can't. I can't believe that with the balls he was throwing, that it was a Patriot who got hurt. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, um, Malik Heath did have his helmet knocked off um, on a on a pass that should have been intercepted by four different Patriots. Um, yeah, and uh, he hospital balled Grant Dubose at one point, who was just. Uh, you know, to all to all their credits, just stood up and shook it off right away. But uh, we talked last week about the twenty eighty scale. That thirty arm is dead on accurate. That that ball is so slow getting there. And if not for Heath, he would have had like two interceptions in this game. Um, one got called back for OPI. That was his interception or a fumble, whatever you want to call that. Batted up in the air thing. And then he should have had another one with that dehelmeting that should have been picked too. Um, he's uh, he's not good, and you know he is older than love, as we should keep pointing out. So I I, I want to compare all twenty five year olds to Kenny Clark, yeah, because that's that's my go to. <laughs> so uh, in Kenny Clark's fifth season, prior to his fifth season, he signed a seventy million dollar extension, 
entering year five. Yep. And then two months later, he turned 25. <laughs> Man, I saw a bear, I saw a bear writer today um, pontificating that they may go after um, Jonathan Taylor and that they would send back, quote, young backs in return. Uh, all the bear backs are older than Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. The only one that's not is Roshan, and they just drafted him. Like, I don't think they're going to do that. Um, Jonathan Taylor's twenty four. Bears would be an objectively funny place for him to land, though. I mean, it would be there... a very bear move to do, but probably not going to happen. I think everybody's smarter than this at this point. Even the bears are they? Yeah, I think so. Are, are they? <laughs> I did not see the Chicago mention. Actually, I saw a couple other teams. I think Miami was maybe one. Miami of them. was, I... I think, the big front runner that I saw. So that's what I'd put yeah. my money on. I'm super Miami. fascinated to see where he goes. Wisconsin guy, of course. Is Miami going to compete this year? I mean, I think so. They think they will. It's the AFC, and they just lost their number one corner. Yeah, but they have lots, all kinds of good offensive players, and they think that they're good. <laughs> all right. Uh, Maliki makes this roster? Ah, tough one. Um, a lot of receivers. Uh, yeah, so much depth. Yeah. Hard decisions to make. Um, a lot of those depth guys, by the way, were drafted. You know, like Dubose and Wicks. Like, they, I don't yeah. think they're going to keep Heath over those guys. I think but he, he's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I think so it, good. it actually. So I do think Toure is in a little bit of it, uh, trouble, but they do seem to trust him, and they still have him high on the depth chart. Um, I do think you maybe sneak Dubose onto a practice squad and maybe not have him claimed. Uh, I mean, he did last to the seventh. He's not a great Raz guy. But um, I, they also they may get a break from Dontavian Wicks being hurt, and this may be a mm. situation where there's shenanigans. I mean, you can't just hire guys to make space at this point, and but you can play some shenanigans and you know have Wicks make the team and then instantly put him on IR or whatever and bring up another guy if, if it's bad. But uh, it's going to be tight, uh, and they're probably going to have to cut somebody worthwhile. Like that's probably going to happen. It's just a matter of who it's going to be. Um, and uh, maybe it's one of the 18 safeties <laughs> but like the other thing is they can't they can't keep seven receivers for the whole season like they're going to be a base 12 and and 22 team yeah. uh not 20 21 team like you don't need that many receivers it, it, it's not a good idea so i think six is kind of the max and I, i'm not sure how that's going to work out uh, but Heath, he's shown out. He was really, 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 really good last year. He was an excellent college player. Uh, he's obviously very tough. He survived Sean Clifford hospital balls for two games now. Um, <laughs> and like, I like him a lot. I've gotten into an awkward situation on Twitter where people keep putting him up against Toure, who are they're both kind of my guys. <laughs> they both were great Rops guys with like somewhat lackluster Raz scores, but like clearly some of the best players on their team and in football. So. Um, I, I think he's going to make it at least temporarily and probably stick because of injuries. They'll probably work itself out, but yeah, I think he's earned it and I think he'll make it. I, I think he's going to, I think he's going to do it. Hmm. So depth at receiver, also a lot of depth at pass rush because their first round pick Lucas Van Ness doesn't look like he's going to do a whole heck of a lot early on in his career. And it doesn't, it's probably not that big a deal. Like JJ Nagbari is ridiculous and <laughs> you got some good defensive line play, you know, like you've had Carl Brooks wooden to some degree. It seems like and Rashawn Gary is, is, is active. Is he, active Rashawn Gary practiced something. today. He did a little, I know he did. 
I know he did. Like that's wild stuff, guys. Yeah, uh, they th- might be okay on that front. They're fine on that front. Um, and by the way, Van Ness wasn't terrible in that game. It's just that he was overshadowed by everyone else who was amazingly awesome. <laughs> uh, he was in particular good against the run, which is nice to have around if yeah, you need an, an edge rusher in obvious rushing downs. He's a good guy to have out there. But in a Bari man, uh, like he, he was a good uh, soft skill guy last year who was a little lacking on the athleticism side, which is why he fell. Like, edges who lack athleticism don't get drafted highly. But he, he was either first or second in college football in pressures, I think, just behind Aiden. Um, and he looks like a monster now. Like, he looks like a true best shape of his life guy. I know that that. <laughs> that stiff arm pass rush he had was amazing. And then the one, the one where he jumped at, I think it was Bailey Zappi at that point, the one where he just, like, stopped was standing straight up, like jumped backwards and landed on his head. I think that was the strip sack. That was amazing. It was a great feat of athleticism. He was fun to watch. Like that guy might be a monster. I don't know if this will resonate, but he, you know, the way he celebrated that fifty-five jersey reminded me a lot of Desmond Bishop. Just kind of looked. Like, <laughs> I was gonna. Say, I was literally gonna like say him. like. I like that. Yeah, he yeah. looked like like he's built like him. It's totally. Also, also, I was gonna make a joke and say that I haven't seen an edge. Or a, or a linebacker wear 55 and look that good since Desmond Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that was definitely, it was definitely the vibes. At this point, Bishop played so long ago, I'm not even sure that reference is going to land with people where, you know, it's already he was on the He was old. on the Super Bowl team. I know. That Think of how long ago that ago. is. <laughs> That's like, seriously, almost a generation ago. There are, are high school kids that do not remember, that were not born for that Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, <sighs> All right, that's maybe a little bit. You're, please don't do things like that to me. Like, <laughs> like the. <laughs> no, I was in the office the other day and made an old school reference, and the person next to me, quite a bit younger, it's not like it's a shocker that she wouldn't know old school, but just had no point of reference for the movie old school. And I, I, you know, and you look it up and you realize that's twenty years old, and it's like it's forgivable. Tw- two decades have gone by. Yes, since, just... since Will Ferrell went streaking through the quad. I was going to say, <laughs> I really hope you just didn't yell. We're going streaking in the middle of. <laughs> That was not the reference. Many old school references I would not scream in, in the office. But uh... so, Okay, the Home Depot <laughs> weekend joke yep. is nice Saturday. timeless. I know, it really The is. older I get, the more I I identify yeah, with that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Very... Nice little Saturday. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like that line, you know how there are so many Seinfeldisms that became such a part of the vernacular that you didn't even know where it came from? It just became a thing people said, like close talker or low talker or no soup for you. You know, I feel like with old school, nice little Saturday is something that exists and people probably don't even know where it's from. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice little Saturday. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's other lines from old school that really fit that bill. There probably are. I'm just uh, you're, trying to you're crazy, about. man. I like you, but you're crazy. I like you, but you're crazy. <laughs> well, Sound of Silence is still, because of Disturbed, like a song that everyone of all generations know, and I think Old School had a little bit to do with that, bringing that song back into the... I mean, it didn't, it didn't really ever leave the mainstream. It's Paul also, Simon. It's legendary, but... Old School introduced us to the Dan Band, didn't it? The total yes. clips of the heart with the F word in it. Turn around. Yeah. I fucking need you tonight. Yes. Incredible so... Stuff. Uh, such a great flick. Yeah. So good. Uh Anyway, pass so rush defense. is good, which is important because is. they have zero safeties, None. zero point zero safeties. Zero safeties. You don't need safeties if no one gets to the second level. Okay, but you know Jair Alexander's not healthy, so uh, I'm not positive that the cornerbacks are going to be great either. You know, so uh, it'd be nice to know what's going on after if Darnell Savage is the one lock you have, and then it's 
Anthony Johnson maybe question mark as the as the other starter at this point? Like there's a lot of so many questions. So with that group. Yeah, I saw uh Zach Cruz put out his locks and bubble guys today, and he still had um Jonathan Owens and Rudy Ford as locks, which uh hard disagree. Hard disagree. Our lads, which usually has pretty good up to date depth charts, also has that, by the way, which also hard disagree with them. Um, but it's a potential problem because, well, first of all, it's nice that Savage has been competent um, because he is a lock and that might be stupid, but at least he's been okay. Um, but the other guys who are seemingly in the lead, if it's Owens and Ford, have been the worst safeties. Uh, Anthony Johnson has been, I think, the best on the other side and it's definitely the one I would start. Um, but it's a problem because none of them are particular. It's going to be the weakest spot on the team. It's going to be something they have to cover up. And uh, it could be anybody. Um, it maybe is just whoever Rich Passaccia is not using that day on special teams. We may have devolved to that at the safety position at this point. But on the plus side, um, safety is not the most important position on the team. It is more important than some other positions, but it's mostly important if the rest of your defense is failing in some way and it can be capitalized on, like that stupid booty um touchdown that the patriots got. that was that was not great <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just can't wait for week 10 when you know number six in your programs but number one in your hearts dallin leave it is gonna be your starting strong <laughs> you know i was just thinking that but but because basachi have used him as so indispensable that's probably actually not going to happen. probably not probably not. Uh, he's he's probably mad that nixon is seeing more playing time <laughs> you know who's really gonna suffer is is the content because if Jonathan Owens doesn't make this team, oh, yeah. I am going to be so depressed guys. I, I really, I don't, he might not be a great safety. I don't know. I don't care. But every time we write about Simone Biles, huge, huge response. So like, aren't, aren't him and AJJ like the same person physically? I, I don't care. Like they're, no. sh they're shorter and thick and I don't know. Only like one of them is, I, I don't know. I spoke. Owens is yeah. a little bit better an athlete actually, but it doesn't mm. seem to translate on the field. Um, <laughs> And I, yeah, I'm with you for the the journalists uh, amongst the amongst yeah the content is much better if he's on the team. That is I mean, in terms in terms of like the trending content, yes, like it does not get any better than Simone Biles at every game. Yeah. And also, i i didn't catch I didn't catch if she was wearing like a terrible knockoff this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it. I think it was a normal jersey this time. Uh, she, I believe, was hanging out with uh, AJ Dillon's wife, and also I want to say Luke Musgrave's girlfriend and uh, Luke Van Ness's Lucas Van Ness's girlfriend. I don't know. I don't know. It was all it was on Instagram and whatnot. But uh, Lucas Van Ness's girlfriend, as a reminder, is Cole Komet's sister. Cole Komet being the Chicago Bears <laughs> tight end, they will meet in Week One. Yeah. That's going to be awkward. Sure is. I mean, it's it's not as awkward as uh, AJ Hawk and. Um... Oh God, the quarterback from Notre Dame, Brady Quinn. Yeah, Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn yeah. yeah, yeah. AJ AJ Hawks married to Brady Quinn's sister, and then he sacked him. <laughs> fun fun family gatherings there. It's a good time. Oh, yes, good time. Did you who did who was the announcer? Was this Kevin Harlan for this game? Is that right? I think that's right. The... I have Kevin yeah. Harlan in my head saying his own name, so that sounds right. The passion <laughs> with which he said the name Boote on that touchdown, it was. <laughs> That was one of the most delightful things that happened in that game. It was really, really special. <laughs> it was. You ever notice the the easiest way to do an impression of a person is to just say their name, like they're a Pokemon. Like, <laughs> I agree with that. I'm with you on like, that. That's like, how I. Hi, do it. I'm I'm Michael Kane. You see, like I, I'm Michael Kane. 
like it's, it's the easiest way to do a Michael Caine impression. Yeah. You just say his name. Jr. Jr. did the the pun version of saying Michael Caine's name, which I do appreciate. I'm Michael Caine. Yes. Uh, that's two different drugs that have been referenced on this edition of reporting as eligible. Uh, Carrington Valentine came down a little bit after the uh, the thrill ride he took us on in week one. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. How do you guys feel about him? Too physical and not physical enough, but still very good. Yeah. He's he's still there in coverage. Like nobody gets open mm-hmm. on him. He's just very handsy. And then on he was the booty guy, right? He he, he sure showed, was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, You're saying he was. Never mind. I'm, yeah, I am saying go <laughs> that dude I'm was booty. <laughs> Jesus, that's not even what I'm, no, it doesn't matter. I think that one's kind of a one-off because usually he's tackling guys before the ball's even there, and uh, I do kind of wonder if that was a hey, keep your hands off, guys, for a second, so you don't get flagged for a second kind of play. But uh, I, I still think he, he is reliable, and nobody got open on him. It was just oh my god, I just fans. realized, I just realized something. What? Carrying Valentine was a child during the reign of the Legion of Boom. So he probably looks up to them. They're probably here. So he yes. So he I was like I was like, when's the last time I saw a physical corner like that? And I was immediately thinking of the Legion of Boom. Yeah. And then I realized that he was a child. And that's probably the people that he grew up watching and I now I feel awful. <laughs> yep. I think the takeaway for Valentine is oh real quick then. The takeaway for Valentine yep. is that's a bad game for him and he was still one of the best corners. So that's good thing good problem to have. Two points. First of all, Matub, you just realized that because you Googled it because you have the loudest keyboard on planet Earth. I'm sorry. Do you ever? I mean, it's fine. I that's how I realize things. These are these are even they're they're red switches. They're not even clicky. I don't know what to tell you, man. It sounded like you know you were under attack by a typist or something. No, sorry. I I had this sudden realization and I was like, wait, how old is this dude? Mm -hmm. Uh, Second point is that UW Green Bay had a great player who went to Milwaukee Pius in their basketball team named Carrington Love. So going from Carrington Love to Carrington Valentine is one of my favorite things about uh, about Wisconsin sports this year. Um, he played several years ago for UWGB. It's not like he was just there, but still. Okay. Very nice. Yes. Uh, last thing. We, we'll do a little rapid fire after this, but Anders yeah. Carlson. Yeah, he made his kick. Anders. He did not make his kicks on Tuesday. Anders, sorry. Might not need to learn how to pronounce his name, fortunately. <laughs> or unfortunately, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Man, like. It was really bad wind at Tuesday. Everybody pointed out the wind was really, really bad. He missed a bunch of them. I just, man, I are they really going to try this? The is wind really is bad in Green Bay a lot. It's Green Bay. <laughs> you have to kick also, when the wind is bad. My, but my favorite defense of him was multiple beat writers going, look, man, the ball just fell out of the sky. Oh, and the missed 43-yarder, yes, that was... <laughs> Which I'm even willing to give you like a one-off of that happening. There, one in a million things happen once in a while. But like he's been so bad on the rest of it. It and also today I was looking. I was looking at college film of Anders Carlson today because that's what I did part of the day, and I found him coming up short on a forty-four, a forty-five-yard field goal. So he actually made it, but the ball went forty-six yards. <laughs> so. Man. Like he can bang it. Like the the one he made in the game was very long and would have been good from longer. But he seems to miss hit too many. Like that just lose all their power. He's they. I can't believe they haven't brought in competition for him at this point. Yeah, it's it's. Bizarre. They've got me. They've got me convinced that they will lose at least one game because of because oh, of a kick absolutely. that he should have made. Yeah, this is going to be Viking Town for them. It's going to be like the Daniel Carlson Viking experiment, which you know. The lesson there was they shouldn't have cut him, but that guy could kick like 80 yards and it was an awesome college kicker. And this guy Canton was a crappy college kicker, so um, no excuse here. 
Um, okay, we got questions coming up. Did you want to say anything, Matub, before we? Well, we we have a punch list. Really quick, that... yeah. Really quick news. Really quick news. I didn't see that Jackson Smith Jigba broke his wrist. He did. He broke his wrist, which is pertinent because he's on Seattle. Who they play? Oh, so yeah, no. he's he's af- he's afraid of Valentine. That's what it is. Yep, that's it. So it is unclear how long he will be out. Uh, early. Uh, assessments where he maybe he will play in week one I don't think that's the case to maybe he will be out kind of a long time which seems more likely <laughs> since he has a broken wrist that requires surgery if memory serves so yes um, so the it, the original report was wrist surgery and then it, the follow-up was to fix a break yeah to fix a break so yep JSN not off to a good start uh, oops yes all right, Tyler Davis to injured reserve. No surprise there. Nope. That doesn't rule him out for the season, but he's probably out. He's out for the season. Uh, Elijah Hamilton and Melvin Pierre, Marvin Pierre, brought in this week. One guy is slow and non-agile. And that's the other correct, one has yes. a, The other one is an athlete. He's a 903 Raz, also, so that's nice. Yeah, that's good. Elijah Hamilton's bad. I don't know why they brought him in. They should get rid of him right now. The guys you bring in in the middle of camp like this, I, I think of them like MLB draft picks. Like, maybe in three years... <laughs> They emerge into something, but they're not something that can be concerned about, right? Yeah, now. you're just filling out a roster. That's but absolutely. also like, like even then, like I know four people who were drafted technically in the MLB. <laughs> like, does it? Like, isn't it like if if you played in high school and you were an athlete in college, you get drafted? <laughs> isn't that isn't that how it works? Yeah, kind of. Not as much anymore. It's down to twenty rounds, so it used to be much longer. <laughs> and yes, that used to be true, but not as much anymore. Now, now it is mostly dudes uh, for at least for at least the first half. But uh, all right, we ready for questions or is there anything yep, else? Let's do it. All right, we're starting, of course, with Patreon questions. You get question priority if you are a patron. We'll start with Mark Putscarby. Should all the right. Packers trade Bakhtiari? That was newsy this week. When, <laughs> when the discussion around that. They, they should not do that. Um, I mean, if they got back enough, then yes. But the problem with Bakhtiari is the Packers have no cap room. They are. They, I think they're something like $6 million under the cap, and they need they need that money for mid-season adjustments and things like that. And Bakhtiari has $38 million in dead cap as of this moment. So um, you got to put that somewhere if you trade him, and that's just very difficult. And there's no reason, like, he's still useful and good, and you can trade him next year if you want and not have a huge stupid dead cap it. So, that yeah, Um <clears throat> He's not the one you should focus on. He's hard to move. He puts them in a tough situation. And I know he's. it's fun to be like, let's get him back with Aaron. But it's just not a realistic situation. He's not the future. It's a good thought, but can't happen this year. Okay, flip side of that coin. Uh, Aaron apparently is the GM of the Jets. He is. He is. <laughs> we knew that. And there are realistic trade scenarios where it would be worth moving money around this year to take sure, the cap hit. if you get back enough but do the jets even have that many picks to give you anymore you got them well, so all part already. well so part of the trade scenarios that have been floated is that um you erase the 65 percent thing and guarantee the first okay but like that's but i'm saying like that's just like a part of it like yeah and then and then you include the second automatically pretty minor so, i would and and just like there's there are scenarios out there. Also, his cap hit next year is like forty-two million dollars. It is. It is. Like they, he's not going to be a Packer next year. So again, good question for that. He's not going to be on the team next year, but it's just hard to do right now. That's all. Now, Ken Ingles mentioned uh, October thirty-first. Why? I don't. It's something to do with I don't know. There's m- not a money here that starts on the thirty-first. I, I don't. <laughs> I, 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 I'm remembering him mentioning something about all right. Yeah, I saw that too. After October thirty-first, I don't know why. I saw that too, where they thought that was more realistic after that date. 
for yeah. whatever reason. Okay. I'd Google it, but I'd get yelled at for my loud keyboard. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> maybe maybe game checks. I, uh, I don't know. So Okay, I guess Ken says after that you can do it, but I wouldn't count on it at this point. So. <laughs> All right, Made Wiley asks, is it a good thing that we just look great so far in the preseason, or is it just completely <laughs> meaningless? Well, we actually don't look great. Did you know that the Ravens are on a 24-game preseason win streak? No, they're not. 28? No. Zero. Oh, sorry. They just lost, but they were. <laughs> I should rephrase. They were, and they lost. So now they're on zero. Uh, it's <laughs> it's like 99% meaningless. Um, but, you know, it's good if individual players look good, and a lot of them have, especially young ones. So um, you can take away a lot of good things. It's just, you know, winning games and putting up a lot of points doesn't matter that much. It's more how you look doing it. Preseason is yeah. all about looks. <laughs> just just two, like the, life. The 2008 Lions went 4 and 0 in the preseason. Yes, and then O and was it 16? Oh, and 16. Yes. yes, there was still 16 games at the time. A tremendous statistic. <laughs> Amazing. Actually, Joe Barry's really finest performance. Oh, God, there's still more to come with Joe Barry. Uh, okay, we've got. To, I'm gonna have to take a deep breath here because old man on a bike in Sherlington is leaning all the way into the bit. Which of course we appreciate, but it's gonna it's gonna take some time. So. Hey, you're the one making memes about him on Twitter, all right? Like you have an I don't know what this. you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's just me discovering that one of the paint programs on my computer has a more intellectual cutting tool than I thought, and uh, has enabled me to. Yeah, uh, cutting to tools go have gotten really nuts. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. my phone. My phone will do cutouts now. It's great. I'm an old man on a bike on the final stretch of a Midwest road trip. Who did not? have a chance to watch the last preseason game due to the absence of any semblance of TV or internet in rural in rural Ontanagan Ontanagan County. I've been continually impressed by the amount of Packers apparel worn by the good folks of the Midwest on this trip and have observed over the years that Packers fans tend to update their Packers gear whenever we win a Super Bowl. Growing up in Green Bay, everyone who was anyone had the 1996 Mardi Gras Super Bowl champion hat. Ooh, I can vouch for that. Very purple. And the and the upper crust of society wore the almost timeless black leather Packers jacket. Many, but not all, of those articles of clothing were retired in 2010 when the Packers next won a Super Bowl, ushering in a new age of synthetic Packers shirts. I myself freely admit that I continue to wear a circa 2011 Packers shirt that is more suitable to someone who is 30 pounds lighter, and my family <laughs> eagerly awaits the day that shirt can be replaced with something more suitable for an old man who rides a bike. My question is, when can Packers fans... Expect to update their wardrobes following another Super Bowl victory. Is next season a possibility? Ugh. The end. Tw- 24 is your absolute earliest, man. Well, That's... so I think if you, if if they hit stuff here and Love's actually good, then yeah, 24 is possible. And like, I think this season will end up looking kind of like, like 2009 uh, Packers a little bit where um, they kind of get things together in the second half, but it's still an inexperienced bunch, not quite all there. Um, but so far, I mean, it's preseason, this is stupid, but, um, so far early returns on the draft class are good and early returns on love are good. So yeah, uh, they're not going to win it this year because, you know, the AFC is out there and Patrick Mahomes is out there. And if they luck into the playoffs, they're going to get annihilated by actual good teams at some point. But, you know, if they add some safeties next year and have a year to mature, all right, you got something. So, uh, I was I was doing some math on a on a uh, playoff calculator today, and I legitimately like non homerism had the Packers at four and eight after week thirteen, 
which is uh, week 13 is the Chiefs game. Yeah. Um, and then the, the last five games were beyond winnable, and, and they snuck into the playoffs yeah. at 9 and 8. I mean, their schedule is very simple. Like, it doesn't take much to, for them to have a very good record. And if they had something like a Viking season this year where they kind of punched above their weight class and, you know, got knocked down in the playoffs, that would not be that surprising. Would you believe I literally used the phrase punch above their weight class and sneak into the playoffs earlier today? <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would believe that. It is a cliche for a reason. Yeah, I said it to Zach Cruz. Yeah. Oh, um, all right. So, and also, uh, fun fact, Ontonagon County and Gogebic County are touching in Michigan, and Gogebic is where the central time zone begins. Um, but there's right. a point where Ontonagon and Gogebic are actually touching on a north-south, so, like, the the, the border is running east-west, um, and it happens to be on Lake Gogebic where my father used to live, yep. and we would very often celebrate New Year's twice. Twice, yeah. Yep. Good <laughs> times. Cool. So, yeah, that's why I know how to say on Tanagan. All right. PJ Wessels. By the way, if you are an old man on a bike, you're not 30 pounds overweight. Come on. We we know. You, you, you know. <laughs> you keep up with it. It's good. It's yeah. good. Congratulations. PJ, <laughs> PJ Wessels with a mercifully shorter question. When the season starts, we can start assessing the team with DVOA, Anya, EPA, etc. Which of the advanced statistics get adjusted or tweaked partway through the season like DVOA does as defenses are better understood or values? Um, EPA does not get adjusted at all. It is just there. Are, first of all, it's like war. There's a few different versions of EPA because there's different ways you can calculate it. And I shouldn't be that definitive because I think some may actually maybe do get adjusted. Um, I, I know that some models take into account even pregame like betting odds. So it depends on your EPA a little bit. The model that comes with FastR, I don't think updates over the course of the season. Um, but there are those that definitely do because there are EPA and WPA calculators that do that. DVOA obviously does. The D is defense adjusted, and that defense adjustment changes over the course of the season based on the quality of defenses being faced. I don't think um, NEA does, but I actually don't know what the adjustments are in it, so I could be wrong about that. I have never looked into it for no good reason. I should have done that at some point. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I think it... So, I read The Hidden Game of Football, which is uh, Pete Palmer's book about developing the stats, uh, like the adjusted yards per uh, YA stats, which mostly give you extra credit yardage-wise for things like scoring touchdowns to account for the fact that a one-yard touchdown pass to the back of the end zone isn't credited with 11 yards. So like most of the adjustments are like that, but um, things get more sophisticated over time. But DVOA... Uh, definitely EPA sometimes. Anya, I don't think I'll look it up, but no, I don't think so. Hmm. Matt, do you know better? I could be wrong about it. Uh, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> I I do know that there have been multiple people who have tried to come up with like EPA plus. Yeah. Th like um, there are different models of it. Like they're, they're not all the same. So some pro I'm sure do adjust for it. Cause there's a, there's an OPS plus, isn't there? Yes, there is. Yeah. So I think that they have tried to model after that. Yeah. If you just use the fast, yeah. if you use the fast R version, um, it does not. I don't think update. So, yeah. All right, Devlin Sheehan asks, how funny would it be if calling plays from the booth was the only thing standing between Joe Barry and coordinating a successful defense? <laughs> it would be, Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, funny, it's funny. I guess funny is the right word in this scenario. It's <laughs> absurd, absurdist funny. I don't understand. So, 
if I was coordinating a defense in particular, but anything, I'd want to be in the booth. Like you want the all 22 view live as it's happening, right? Like anything else is dumb. If you're on the, so if you're on the sidelines, you maybe you're just super awesome at being able to tell what's happening from the 2d plane. Maybe you are, but I feel like what you are in that scenario is mostly a, uh, a rah-rah coach or a communications coordination coach. You want to be able to talk to people, motivate them, offer corrections from information you get from upstairs. But if you're an actual st- strategy person, you definitely want to be upstairs, 100%. So uh, maybe that's possible. It would be incredibly stupid if that was the case for Joe Barry in particular. But uh, who am I to judge? He keeps getting jobs and millions of dollars. So more power to him. It's almost like the, the spot really needs to be two jobs. It's the strategic mm-hmm. the, the strategic part that looks up from above. And it's the communications, human relations part that, you know, has to get guys to work together or, you know, diagnose things and be able to see them face to face. I feel like you really well, I mean, the boss Joe Barry graduated. Okay. Joe Barry graduated from USC, so he probably was a communications major. <laughs> yeah. So. Very good. Ouch. <laughs> very good. Take that, USC people. Well, he transferred out of U of M. Like, <laughs> sorry, like he, he didn't go because he was better. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Tim Braun, Tim Braun asks, why doesn't Twitter seem to like Samari Turi very much? Why should we like him more than what I've been seeing online? <laughs> That's a fair question. Twitter slash X. So it's definitely a fair question. And also, um, a lot of Samori Toure hate online is driven by two people in particular. One is Jacob Westendorf. I forget who the, the other one's like. Uh, Brian Malfi, I think. I don't know. But um, the problem with Samori Toure from a from the standpoint of a lot of people is he is good at a lot of things, but not great in any one thing. And uh, a lot of people see his production at Nebraska as a little illusory because Nebraska didn't pass that much. He was their leading receiver by leaps and bounds, but I think he only had 46 catches because Nebraska's stupid. Um their second leading receiver that year was Austin Allen. He had 26 catches. That was the second leading receiver in Nebraska. Um, so uh, he does a lot of soft stuff well. He's reliable. He runs his routes correctly. People have already seemed to seemingly forgotten. He was extremely good in game one where he was dynamic catching balls down the field. Uh, he made a few scramble drills actually happen, which is nice. He is a willing but not good blocker. Um, and he actually kind of, he, I, I joke a lot about Sean Clifford being an old man. Samori Toure, one of the few guys who's older. <laughs> and it does bring some reliability to it. The other thing that's good about Samori Toure versus a lot of other players on the team is he can be effective both in the slot and outside. And so if you are running plays that require a shift in personnel he's actually better at that than reed is because reed outside has severe trouble um getting off the line properly and uh, trying to moss much larger people toure is a much better soft skill route runner on the outside so um, that's all the stuff that's better he's not a monster like keith he's not a straight line burner like reed is although he's almost as fast as reed in the 40 yard dash um he is like a, a yellow Raz guy. He's good at everything, but not great at anything. Clearly, hmm. Joel Osment says, besides Savage, what other sunk cost starter should be benched or traded? Myers. Stokes, he asks. <laughs> Myers. Myers. Myers, for sure. Stokes is a tricky one. Um, I think he's going to start on Pup. Doesn't that mean they don't actually have to make that you don't decision? To, that's correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything with that. But I, I, get, your, I, get, the, I get why Stokes is here, um, because... 
he was good and then was very bad and now maybe has lost a bunch of speed. So I get it. But Myers is the correct answer. Uh, Man, where have we seen that before? <laughs> where a corner was good and then gets hurt and then loses a bunch of speed in his doo-doo butt cheeks. <laughs> was was he good though in the beginning, Kevin King? Is that who yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, All Kevin right. King was as good as Stokes was. Like All right, fair enough. He was beyond serviceable and then like became a full on liability when he came back. Was it his hip? Uh I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, King yeah. King tall straight up lost like, disease. That's what he had. But also he straight tall. up lost like two tenths off of his forty. Like yeah. by the way, the other one is AJ Dillon. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> Can we stop? Putting the content guys on the chopping block, please. Because... <laughs> I don't want the mayor gone, but he can go be a full time mayor then. So. <clears throat> yeah, we can't we can't get by if AJ Dillon's not on this team. Um, <laughs> it's it's not something I'm willing to entertain at this time, especially if you're going to get rid of Jonathan Owens. Oh my goodness! Um, if you get rid of Jonathan <laughs> Owens and AJ Dillon on the same day, oh, that would be. Murder for the content. Rough day for we can't, content. We cannot no, there would that. just be there would just be a lot of sombrero content. Uh, yeah, there's some of that. Yep, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is healthy for the content. He's healthy. I like that. Um, it's not enough. Uh, <laughs> y'all, you guys, people have no idea the page views that AJ Dillon brings the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He's great. People have no idea. No, he is like this. This state loves him. They do. Loves they do. him. And they should like. Why not? He's he's great. He's what a what a personality. He's and, a like, good personality. Totally fell in love he's a good character. His... He he goes up on the roof at Al Johnson's. He uh, he's there for the goat parade. What more can you ask for? All right, Patrick Detmer says, "Can you help a father of three with no time on his hands solve this conundrum for this football for yes. his football video game fix of the year?" All right, I'm checking out. I'll read this, but then I'm checking out. Should should this father, A, spend an excessive amount of money on a PS5 so he can play Madden on a next-gen console, B, continue playing Tecmo Super Bowl hacks with updated rosters and schedules on his Nintendo Entertainment System, or C, buy Madden on the PS4 again for a discounted price around Christmas while he continually laments that the game has been poopy since EA started using the Frostbite engine? <laughs> I feel like this is catnip for Matt and I. Do you want to go yeah, first I'm, or second? I'm literally taking my headphones off. <laughs> I'll go second. <laughs> All right. So JR literally took his headphones off and is walking is away walking from away. his computer. I hope he comes back in time to read the next question. But if he doesn't, that's okay. All right. So Patrick um, and everybody else in the same kind of space as Patrick here. First of all, don't play Tecmo Super Bowl with your kid. It's for you. It's an old person game. I love Tecmo Super Bowl. You can maybe get a kid interested in it for a little tiny bit, um, but that's that's not the solution to your problem here. The solution to your problem here is actually Blitz, um, which is a super fun kid game especially there are a lot of good versions for it i'm you know i'm a collector i got stuff around here um my favorite version is the dreamcast but you can get blitz for lots of things and emulators and whatnot um and blitz is super fun to play um i do you can't get modern rosters that's one bad thing about i don't think you can um matt will correct me if you can but uh it's four player it is super aggro so like kids love all all of the the hitting and flying up in the air and stuff like that it looks pretty um even if you i have an upscaler on my dreamcast but even if you can't get that any arcade emulator in blitz will look fantastic it will look like a modern game or at least close enough to keep kids interested and it's the most fun to play um so if they're into simulations you're going to be stuck in madden no matter what you can't go back in time and do 2k i don't think but uh if you just want to play like 15 minutes at a you time, can you can emulate 2k absolutely 
Well, you can, but you're, you're not going to – here, child, play this emulated football 2K game. Like, that's not going to Well, you can, you can do 2K5 with updated updated rosters and upscale to 4K. I do it. Okay, that's fine. Just get played. Actually, All Pro, All Pro Football 2008 is the most updated version of the 2K engine, and you can get you can get um, uh, updated rosters for it. Okay, so, however, to answer the Madden question – if you want to play next gen Madden, they actually added it to PC this year. It's the reason that I went back to Madden. Yep. Um, they heavily increased the minimum requirements for the game, but with that said, uh, it previously could run on an overclocked potato. Uh, now you just have to have a competent computer. So the minimum specs required to run Madden 23 are an i3 6100 or a GeForce GTX 660 graphics card or an RX 460. You can buy an RX 460 on eBay for $40. Um, you can find an i3-6100 uh, Dell Optiplex on eBay for less than $100. So for under 200 bucks, you can build a gaming PC that will handle the next-gen Madden, and you get all of the next-gen goodness. Um, and I, so I, I have a, a pretty ca- competent gaming PC. Um, I play on ultra settings, and I have 120 FPS locked like guaranteed 120 FPS. Um, If I was on my old rig that I built for $500 in 2016, um, it would run on high settings. Like it's, you don't need that much of a PC to run it. You really just need any PC made in the last five years that has a graphics card. Like, so that would be, if you want to play Sim, that's the way to go. Oh, also, you can get Blitz on anything pretty much, but also uh, Arcade One Up does make a four-player Blitz, so you can also do that. <laughs> it, they sold it at Costco. I had to walk by it every single time. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, I look over at my wife, and she'd just be like, "No, no, no, we don't. <laughs> we live in an eleven hundred square foot tri-level. Like, where are you going to put it?" <laughs> yeah, that is the problem. All right, I think we're done in Jar's back, so let's go to the next one. <laughs> yep. I'm happy for you, or sorry that happened. Guilty, <laughs> no. I, I ain't reading all that. <laughs> right, listen to all that. Um, all right, JD asks, a lot of talk about keeping seven wide receivers due to the talent toward the back of the depth chart with Wicks, Dubose, Melton, and Heath. Do you believe they will keep seven? We did talk about this earlier. Sub-question, over <laughs> under 10 touchdowns for Watson this season. Um, get Melton off of my Melton team. Sucks. I don't, yeah, he's I don't want his name anymore. Melton's not making the team. Uh, that silliness not happening. So, um, If how, Watson plays 17 games, I think 11 touchdowns is realistic. I th- I'll take the under on that. That's a lot of touchdowns. And uh, he's not going to be a big volume guy. Uh, he's going to be a big touchdown guy, but that's too much. Right, um, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Was it 2014, James Jones, when he like he had like 700 yards, but he had like 14 touchdowns? Yeah, but that was Aaron forcing to his old buddy. Um, <laughs> and and uh, they'll keep seven. If they keep seven wide receivers, it'll be very temporary. It'll be to get somebody on IR um, temporarily. But that'll be it. It'll be six most of the season, and they'll have to make a hard decision. They're not keeping and, seven the whole season. Not happening. And realistically, in the past, when they've kept seven wide receivers, it's been because one or two of them are special teams guys. Like like Jeff Janis was part of a seven wide receiver stable, right? But he wasn't really wide receiver. He was kind Those of guys are safeties now. Yeah. So like, yeah, like. 
Uh, from Rob Regis, as a Chicagoan, I haven't seen the Bears be this chirpy in a very long time, probably since their Super Bowl season in 06. Why are they so invested in the hopium when their ceiling is realistically six to eight wins? It's not about the Bears. It's about the Packers. They, they yep. sense weakness. The, the quarterbacks are gone. They have a chance. There's an opening, and so that's why they're seizing on it. Now, it, it it's not a they're not in a strong position to do it themselves, but that is the explanation, that uh, Eric Rodgers is gone. They don't have to live with that every day, and so they're they're like, this is their opportunity to, to, to spout off and be annoying. I like it. All right, Dr. Hillbilly asks, who is a surprise candidate for a cut when they need to drop to 53? Royce Newman doesn't count. Oh, I, I mean, I hope Royce Newman is cut to the 75. Like I did. <laughs> does, does Toure count? Sadly, there is no 75. Yeah. <laughs> There's only the 53. 50, 52? 53? 53. 53. Right, but let's, ju- let's just say they cut to 89 one day, and that one cut, <laughs> <laughs> one cut is Royce Newman. I don't think I would be sad about it. That'd be very funny. Um, sorry, what did you say, Paul? Uh, if Toure counts, it might be him. It's yeah. gonna be. It's gonna be. T- receiver's gonna be tough to, to squeeze somebody on. And um, the other one might be one of the safeties we talked about. If you think of Rudy Ford or Jonathan Owens as a, as a surprise cut, mm-hmm. that would one of them would be my bet as well. Right. We, we we literally just talked about multiple people having them both as, as roster locks, locks yeah. and one of them is getting cut. Well, and AJ Dillon too. If he, if he gets cut, he's like, not getting cut. No, he'd be <laughs> traded. They still have they still have a year of of sure, control. sure. Yeah, you're right. That would be right. surprising. Though. <laughs> I I mean, people would lose their minds. I I don't think anybody would see that coming. Similar to Josh Sitton, even though there was a little bit of writing on the wall. That was there. Know, I felt like Josh Sitton was completely out of left field. I I feel like in retrospect, it fit kind of what you would have expected from that team. And they were right, I think, ultimately. That, they were notorious at that point for not keeping, what, old guards? Old old tackles? <laughs> old, yeah. The old guard. Old guard. The old guard. LOL. Yeah. Yes, but yeah. I, have, I have a very distinct memory, Paul, of you specifically losing your mind at that. Possibly, going, I don't know. Going, he was on a team-friendly deal. He's still good. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, I that sticks out in my mind because it's, it's possible. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't that long ago. If you're on I a mean, team-friendly was, deal. I usually like keeping you, especially if you're an offensive lineman. But, but yeah, then but sitting had the rumors around him, right? In the hindsight, that were part of it. But yeah, and then he just he wasn't very good. So later on, yeah. But yeah, surprise cuts for me is. is uh, one of the safeties and Yosh trade. Yosh, Yash trade would be my other thing that might happen. Yashi. <laughs> All right, we're done with the Patreon questions. Let's move to Twitter. We've only got a couple of these. Uh, Crow Pack Crow. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa! No, we're not. Whoa, you're, one? you're skipping two there, yeah. Chief. I am not. Oh no! Skipping two. Jr. Refresh your screen. I don't Uh-oh. know. I don't know. Uh-oh, Jr. Okay, then I'll read them. <clears throat> no, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> All right, you're either a fart smeller or wait, hold on. You're either a smart fella or a fart smeller. God. The 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 hive is 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 a tough hang. All right, there's been a lot of discussion about whether or not Jordan Love will be a success and how well he has to play to be one. But my question is more about how how he would achieve this success. Will it be superior arm talent, allowing him to make throws others cannot? Orchestration of the LaFleur offense to perfection? Supreme accuracy on shorter throws? Superb improvisation and playmaking? In other words, what are his plus pitches? He's really good at being Matt LaFleur's puppet. Yeah, so the main one there being orchestration of the LaFleur offense to perfection. 
right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he, by the way, has been really good on improvisation plays in the preseason, for whatever that's worth. Um, he's the third highest graded after Hertz and Burrow, which is not bad company to be in. <laughs> yeah. So uh, worth keeping that in mind. And his mobility has been good. But I think it is mostly just um, getting away from some Aaron little hitches about not running the offense correctly. And that's, I mean, the arm's good. It, like it's a, it's a plus, <laughs> but just run that offense with a good arm and you're going to be fine. In, in a similar vein, the Rams went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff half, having to stare at, at his coach after every play. <laughs> oh, that like, was a fun what, one. What do, I, what do I do now, buddy? And he's like, throw it that way. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, I think Jordan Love is actually not. He's more capable than that. Um, but yes. he, I think he has a good understanding of what, uh, what they want to do and the benefits of doing it. So that that's it. He he just needs to run the offense intelligently and he'll be fine. All right, the last Patreon question is from Price Trozen. Question A, can good corners hide meh safeties? Kind of talked about that. Yeah. yeah we can uh, riff on that. Uh, really quick. They can um but they have to be really good. Um mm-hmm. you want your safeties basically to be able to freelance like you need to be good enough that you're just blanketing everybody, which maybe they have. Um but it takes a lot, but it helps. Um, safe, safeties are at their worst when they have to actually be safeties, and they're at their best when they can just be sort of helpers to come and finish off people, and that's kind of that. All right, question B. I see JR follows Rob Harvilla on Twitter. What's your favorite episode of Songs That Explain the 90s? Mine is My Heart Will Go On. Oh, yeah, I said it. <laughs> Did you guys call? Did you call Price while my eyes were glazed over and I fell into a coma as you were talking about video games to, as some sort of balance, give something for JR to be? No, I I updated the questions at about two o'clock today. So, okay. Uh, I don't I don't know who Rob Harvilla is. Yeah, I don't listen to this. I'm sure you guys don't, but Price uh, Price is a, is a guy after my heart, which will go on because 60 <laughs> songs that explain the 90s, which has been up to 120 songs total, even though the name of the podcast is the same, takes one sort of deep dive onto a 90s song. Roughly every week, he takes massive breaks, but once uh, once a week, you get a, a new 90s song. I haven't actually listened to the last few episodes, but this has been an obsession of mine for quite some time. Rob Harvilla is a music critic writer for the ringer.com, which is a website I greatly enjoy for its non-sports content uh it's sports content is mm, too much bill simmons but um <laughs> my, favorite, <laughs> my favorite episode of 60 songs to explain the 90s is the semi-charmed life episode of third eye blind uh, third eye blind song because it's ba- they bring on the eve six lead singer another band i love and a great oh, twitter follow and the best twitter follow mm-hmm. yes max collins they bring him on just to basically say how awful the lead singer of third eye blind is but he reluctantly agrees that third eye blind has a real banger on their hands with this song and nobody else could have done it the way they did it okay but also it's they had a hit single about having a meth addiction that's true and they made it sound like the song of summer it was really quite something they admit it like they they don't hide it it's like yeah we don't know why people were into it uh i love third eye blind very much i acknowledge that they have problems but i i love them very much so i did like that episode the episode smells like teen spirit which is actually a fairly recent one is basically in a long-form interview with courtney love and she talks about some of the origins of the song and has original lyrics from the song that kurt had written down and that was fascinating courtney love is a 
crazy interview at all times it's very uh you know add for lack of a better term like it's it's all it jumps around you have a hard time following it sometimes half the time you have no idea what she's talking about but when she but but she really is interesting she really is a fascinating person and so uh, that is also a very good episode every everyone you learn something you learn something about a song you didn't know anything about or you learn something new about a song you loved and cherished so jr i gotta ask you a question Mm -hmm. is there a song that you believe should have an episode that doesn't um well there are a few bands that haven't been featured that i feel like they're waiting on so i don't know if there's i don't know the last few they've been songs that have come out it's like yeah i don't know that song that song was pretty small um so i don't uh it's a good question i would say that probably the thunder rolls by garth brooks would be ah, uh, cool. even though i'm not not really a country guy i we haven't we, he's had country he's had like achy breaky heart and uh man uh shania twain song i'm not sure if it was now that I think about it, if man, I feel like a woman, and that don't impress me much. I think it was man, I feel like a woman. Um, so he's had country, but Garth Garth was the '90s for country, so I would I would be yeah. interested in that. I mean, also Alan Jackson, but like, <laughs> yes, uh, I do remember when Don't Rock the Jukebox came out. That was his first song, and yes, but uh, but I think Garth was the defining. I mean, everything shifts around him, country music wise, in the '90s. So, so I, I just looked up the the episode list. Um, King of Wishful Thinking by Go West. Have not listened to that episode. That's a recent one. Is that a that's a that's a recent episode? I don't know. Is it? I, I, no, I'm I, looking. I, I'm looking at the original sixty, and it's not in there. I don't know if it's oh, part yeah, of the no, one twenty. No, no, no. Th- then there um, probably is not an episode about so it. So that that song to me is the beginning of the '90s. It came out in 1990. If you watch the music video, you can see the '80s dying in the background. <laughs> it, there's a there's a shift from the '80s to the '90s in that music video. That's when the '90s started. All right. So, yeah. Go listen. Go listen to that song. Okay. I do. I do know that song, but I if if there was an episode, it's recent because I have not listened to that one. But it's not part of the original '60. I don't know if it's part of the the new. 60. Yeah, I don't think so. Then I don't think so. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of personal essays from Rob Harvilla. He's very good. Very, very, very good. Uh, okay, uh, let's go to Twitter questions. Crow Pack Crow, shout to our friends out east. Are Myers, DeGuara, and all the safeties really as bad as most of the training camp reports suggest? Or simply some players are overly criticized while others are overhyped? We've talked about the safeties and Myers a little bit, but maybe DeGuara we could we could riff on here. Yeah, he's been bad um, kind of unexpectedly. I thought he would have a mm. good, good camp as the experienced tight end playing H-back and catching sort of easy passes, but he's had a rough camp. So I think that's yeah. legit. Um, mm-hmm. These are all pretty legit. Um, Myers maybe gets it a little harder because of the Creed Humphrey not being, problem. But, yeah, he's not Creed Humphrey. Uh, yeah. But still, he's had a bad camp too. So, no, these are all pretty legit. And the safeties aren't surprising because the safeties are all special teams guys who shouldn't be NFL safeties and Darnell Savage. <laughs> Jonathan Deal asks, who is your favorite player that advanced stats really do not like? Reed. So the thing is, that's not even true. Like just because I say it doesn't mean that advanced stats. I know. I'm just doing it to. I'm just bugging you, man. <laughs> I, I I actually put some thought into this one. I think it's Ty Montgomery for me. Um, oh, who is not great, but has carved out a long NFL career by being a okay running back who's okay at catching passes and uh, was a very important cog in a Packer offense at one point. So. Um, that, that's, that's my answer there. And guys kind of like that, I think are a little undervalued, generally speaking, even Christian McCaffrey, I think is a little undervalued. He gets still lumped in with the, the well, Matt's giving me a face, but he still gets lumped in with the running backs don't matter thing. Uh, when he, he, the 49ers traded a lot and paid him a lot. Um, but he is kind of.
kind of a unicorn in his ability to catch passes and run for, for power. And I feel like in that offense in particular, that's extremely valuable. So guys like that are my general answer, but Ty Montgomery specifically is my answer. General answer. Uh, Brandon Jackson. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, like his his contributions don't show up on stat sheets, so he's you're right, you're right. a poor he was EPA a player. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's Bryce Terang. Uh Kale Willis <laughs> on Blue Sky. Uh, I, because I'm not smart enough. At the, I don't I don't dig enough deeply into the advanced stats to know who's who. So uh, I will trust your judgment. Kale Willis, is your guy Ture making the 53, Paul? I would bet yes, but I'm not putting any heavy funding on that bet. It's going to be tight. So Tough. I think so, but ugh, going to be close. They can't cut both him and Austin Allen. They can't cut all of Nebraska. I would be so they? sad if they cut all of Nebraska. I, I'm having a, <laughs> I'm I'm pouring one out if that happens. You'd have an existential crisis. Yeah. Um. So I think he'll make it. I think he's done enough that um he's still okay. But um, you know, their receiving depth has gotten a lot better, and it's become much more competitive. This wouldn't have been a question the last couple of years, and now it is. So good for them on that. Yeah. All right, guys, we out. We we, we did it. Done. Hooray. Um, so yeah, um, they play Seattle soon. And before we go, Jared, you got any cool things to plug? So if you are an early adopter on this podcast and listen right away on Wednesday mornings, first of all, good morning. Thank you for listening to us so quickly. <laughs> um, today's a big day if it's Wednesday, because around noon, the seniors committee of the pro football hall of fame is going to announce it's three finalists for hall of fame induction. This is not a uh, finalist is, is a very good situation. It's not like they're going to pick one of the three. All three will be forwarded to the Hall of Fame committee. Given yay or nay vote, overwhelmingly, the players who are forwarded as finalists do get inducted from the seniors committee. And uh, they're going to have three guys. They'll be re- they'll be released. Sterling Sharp has a really good chance to be one of those guys. It's not a slam dunk, but if he's one of those guys, it's going to be a very strong likelihood that he is added to the class of 2024 as a Hall of Famer. Um, which is going to be very exciting. I, I don't, I don't know how how many Sterling Sharp stands there are out there. People that like really even remember those early '90s, but he was easily my favorite player early on growing up. Uh, I do have a story at jsonline.com that we'll post in the event that he is one of those three finalists. Uh, I encourage you if you have any interest to go and rewatch Shannon Sharp's Hall of Fame induction speech back in 2011. I'm very the second best player in my family, and I'm the only yes. one in the Hall of Fame. Yep, famously said that I am the only guy in this Hall of Fame who is the second best in his family. Sterling Sharp mm-hmm. presented him, was there. It was extremely emotional. It was incredibly moving, even all these years later, to watch all that. Um, you know, and Sterling Sharp sometimes had a cantankerous relationship with with media or whatever, but like for the most part, just an incredible seven years with the Packers. Had it had this, of course, catastrophic neck injury that kept him from playing again. But um, brevity is the only reason he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, he is a Hall of Fame. Those seven years are Hall of Fame years. If you extrapolate, give him four more seasons with his career norms. He would be a top 10 receiver all time in touchdowns, and he would be top 20 all time in receiving yards or mm-hmm. 21st, maybe. Look, that the, that the extrapolation moment... is under serving Sterling Sharp 100%. Too, because he's going 100%. to play those four years with Favre instead of Mikowski's garbage, and that's going that's to correct. make him even better. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also, the moment that Terrell Davis was allowed into the Hall of Fame, <laughs> Sterling Sharp should have been able to follow him in. Yeah, also yes. true. Terrell that, Davis was true good for, for four years. He was good for four years, and that's it. Yep. 
I, that's true for a lot of guys, you know, even on the coaching front, like Bill Cowher is in. So why isn't Mike Holmgren? I mean, you could you could play that game all day, but look, Don Coriel took sixty years to get in. It is a it is a travesty. I mean, Don Coriel like invented football, kind of. He, inv- in he invented the modern <laughs> offense, like the offense as we yeah. know it was invented. He did. By he him, did. Yes. Yes, he did. He did just get in. Um, Buddy Parker is going to be the coach contributor this year, so not not Holmgren. But I really think if Sterling Sharp doesn't get in this year, I think he will next year. There's going to be three players again forwarded next year from the seniors committee. But anyway, it's you know just worth if 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 it happens, you'll find my story at jsonline.com. Otherwise, you know I'm writing about the Milverine and whatever else pops up. <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs> JR be like be like uh write an article about we should throw out a first punch at the Brewers games. That's right, man. That's uh, right, man. Big night at the ballpark. Yes, happy Milverine. And the Brewers won. Brewers won on Milverine. Right. Pretty pretty handily too. Oh yeah, they had a great um right before we started the podcast. I don't know what inning it was, but they managed to get a guy on third and the twins bought brought their infield in, which is always a bad idea. And the Brewers hit literally four consecutive singles directly over the drawn in infield that all would have been outs had they been playing at normal depth. One of them would have been uh, it was the, the sixth. The sixth where they put up a five spot, yes. All yeah. right. Matt, do you have anything to plug? Um no, I actually I got to talk about Madden twice. So like I'm You're good. good. <laughs> All right. That works. So, okay. We'll have the mini pod on Friday. Um, it will be better than last week when I was on vacation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that'll be there. And then we have regular, we have week off and regular season coming up. So, uh, we'll start doing some Bears and Vikings and Lions previews as well. So, keep an eye out for that. Uh, and uh, yeah, enjoy the podcast. Enjoy the Seattle game. Enjoy not seeing Jackson Smith. Thanks for the broken wrist. And we'll be back next week. The tonight and the fire and moonlight. Dance of all who came before, yeah, yeah, yeah. And who got the roots?